Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and guests unveil astrology's ancient archetypes that continually build the collective experiences in our unconsciousness. Get ready to find your free will from your roots in the stars. Hello, once again, Sue Rose Minahan with Talk Cosmos. Tonight is November 23, 2019, and this is repeating on Thursday, which here in the United States happens to be Thanksgiving, 6 o'clock in the morning. So if you want to go online, which is always a great way to hear us, that would be kknw1150.com. And there's a little live button. Otherwise, Podcast One has those repeat shows. And you can subscribe and find out when they are happening. Just go to Talk Cosmos and there's a little button. Well, tonight we are talking about the Galactic Center. It is occurring today, right now, the 23rd, and it will be conjunct at 27 degrees. Well, the Galactic Center is 27 degrees and 7 minutes of Sagittarius. And... Today, both Jupiter in its own sign of Sagittarius and Venus crossed or transited, you might say, this degree of 27 degrees. And tomorrow will be conjunct, that means exactly together, at 28 Sagittarius 11 minutes, which is just within a degree of the galactic center. And we are talking about the ever-growing consciousness that's part and parcel of this galactic energy, which we will discuss in many ways. Tonight is a panel. It's the Cosmo, not Cosmo, it's a Cosmic Collaboration Panel. And I have two guests that spoke with me during the Libra one and have been on multiple times through 2018 and 19. And that is Amanda Pierce of Seattle and Shannon Hayes of Seattle, both evolutionary astrologers, with many credentials in their own right. Uh, Amanda has a psychology uh, uh, degree, and Amanda is, uh, and also has energy work that she does, and Shannon is an entrepreneur with a hair salon business that she owns, and an evolutionary astrologer certified, a photographer, and an activist when it comes to animals and nature. That essentially leads us back to the galactic center. So I'm going to say hello to both, and the three of us will have this wonderful panel discussion. Hi, Amanda and Shannon. Hi, Sue. Hey, Sue. (laughs) I'm very excited to talk about the galactic center. It is so true. We have already had multiple phases of this discussion, and really the galactic center I will just initiate by saying that in the ancient times, which is really what we keep going back to, the Mayans in Central America thought of it as the sun behind the sun because our Milky Way rotates around this galactic center, which is a mega uh, black hole. It's four million times the mass of our sun. And most black holes, from what I was reading, are only 20 times, which is still pretty large, but 4 million times. The energy of this is stupendous. 
It and is. It's uh, the Galactic Center sits at the very center of our Milky Way galaxy, and so as all of the planets rotate um, around our sun, our sun rotates around the Galactic Center. Yes, this energy, and I think Shannon, you were bringing up a wonderful point that uh, an astrologer, Gemini Brett, that we both, all three of us, follow very wonderfully, and he has a great site, Gemini GeminiBrett.com. You can check all of his teachings, and he was just sharing something about the portal. Perhaps you can share that. Well, he, what he was saying was that there were like two gates, basically, and we were reading up on this more as we were talking tonight. So there's a silver gate, which is, so basically what the saying goes with the Maya and probably Lakota as well as Hopi, that the Milky Way, basically the galactic center part of the Milky Way actually is where souls go in between incarnations. So the silver gate, which is like the sun behind the sun, is where souls incarnate and come down to earth. And then as the soul gets ready to depart the earth, it actually goes through the golden gate back to the um, back to the the center where it the source is the source exactly so mm-hmm. it goes back to the source and so basically silver gate is the Gemini and the golden gate is the Sagittarius which is again the degree of the galactic center yes and then you were going on about how we find that which we can get into later perhaps if it's necessary but this is so fascinating because it brings us back to this idea that we are spirits and of in fact when we were in mexico with gemini brett shannon you and i just this last month we went to canada which is canadas las canadas and it's there in the hills outside of san miguel de Allende, where tribes from all over mexico at 600 a.d would convene after a long pilgrimage of reaching there and from the Hopis. So it was really a collective energy site and they would look at stars and and the mysteries which the Egyptians as I think we've all been bringing up among ourselves also understood of this uh, soul energy with the stars and it really gets us into this unity that the Galactic Center wants, that we are spirit, we're not separate. Yeah, the Earth plane has been referred to as a um, hospital plane. Ah. This is where souls come to heal, recover. So we've got all of our crap that we are dealing with. And it's, it's so easy for us to forget that we're spirits here and where we came from, that the Galactic Center is really the portal through which our spirits arrived. Well, I was reading Aspensky, a dear friend of mine, an elder friend, was giving up some books, and I'd always been curious about Ospensky, that's O-U-S-P-E-N-S-K-Y, a philosopher, and this book was written in the uh, 2000. And he brings up that there's four consciousnesses, and the fourth conscious is this of unity, The first is cellular. The second is animal, instinct, emotional. 
The third would be humanity, which is actually duality, that they think of soul as separate from mind, whereas cosmic consciousness, which rang a lot of bells, here we're doing cosmic collaboration, is of unity, and it brings up this idea that, that Shannon, you had brought up of the portals, the silver and the gold entering through the silver of Gemini and departing out of the galactic center for the the Sagittarius 27 degrees, which is so extraordinary that this was in this aware, their awareness, but it relates back to the idea that it's this unity of soul and mind, of one spiritual awareness. Right, and that everything is spiritual pretty much. And how fitting that we have Venus, which is the esoteric ruler of Pisces, and that all oneness energy consciousness conjunct the galactic center right now. Thank you, Amanda. Yes, this was a, a very important aspect of this chart because their conjunction exactly with the galactic center, 27 degrees, which is at 28 tomorrow, is really rather unique. If looking at all the, the I pulled up charts from 1300s to 2100, and the fact is right now the sun is also in Sagittarius. And this is rare. It doesn't deliver. In 2078, they'll be at 22 Sag, I think, which is a bit of a distance away, and the sun is in Sag. But essentially, to have all this energy is, is happening at this time. Yeah, and it's not only is Venus at the galactic center, but Jupiter as well. So there are two benefics right at the galactic center. And Jupiter always um, expands what it touches. Mm. So very potent time right now. Expanding our horizons. That's right. I remember reading a little notice about reminding because Okay, Jupiter expands our horizons, just looking at this clinically as far as what are these energies that are being, uh, what was it that we were saying, that they're being repowered through the galactic center. It's like we're, they're downloading into our consciousness. Yeah, the, so one of the things that the galactic center that they have found that, um, is that it's made up of a lot of infrared and gamma particles. And so those infrared and gamma particles are then transmitted um, down to Earth. And with the Earth's magnetic field weakening a bit, they have been, the infrared and gamma particles have become a bit stronger. So one of the things about the Galactic Center is that it's, because it is, the source of where we've come from, our spirits, um, it, it, it is the source of truth. And it being in Sagittarius, Sagittarius rules truth. So it has the potential to uh, provide us with information that will um, further our growth, open us up to expanded consciousness, um, of our values with 
I'm sorry, I'm interjecting here, but because it's with Venus, of course, it does relate, expanding on this, picking up on this thought of our senses of self-esteem, our values. Yeah, and so anytime there's a planet that then connects with the galactic center, it's kind of getting re-energized and um, creating a, uh, it's downloading a higher consciousness. Like a new template. Yeah, it's a new template. Yeah. And, and I, Yeah, no, go ahead. Well, it's very, because we can look at this and realize, but the experience of it, as I think was said earlier, it happens later. It isn't always necessarily right experience today. Right. So uh, in part of my research for the Galactic Center, I read quite a bit of Philip Sedgwick's work, and he is a well-known astrologer that has written quite a bit about the Galactic Center. And in his estimation, the information that the Galactic Center provides to us is a little bit ahead of its time. So any information that we're getting now, it's not um, necessarily going to be, not something you can put into action right at the moment, but in the future... Well, it makes a lot of sense because Sagittarius is a mindset. It is a our, our belief systems, and it takes time to acquire information to assemble into an, our belief systems. Change is hard. I mean, it when you're downloading new information, you do have to change. You have to adapt to it, and that is... When we're dealing with change, we're dealing with our emotional wounding and why are we, why haven't we changed? Because, you know, it, it pulls up a lot of stuff. And so that was one of the things that I, I wanted to mention was that because the Earth's magnetic, magnetic field has weakened and the infrared and gamma particles can come through stronger, it's, um, it has been opening up our, our world's subconscious mind quite a bit more and um, leading us to release old emotional wounds and, wounds and traumas uh, and, and move forward. But the thing about that is that not everybody's ready for it. So if you're not ready, if you haven't been, um, if you haven't done some emotional work or you, you know, you haven't been working vibrationally on things or whatever, um, this may be really painful stuff. And you can kind of see that in our world right now, you know? Well, it's true. And that brings me to the stack of newspaper clippings that we had reviewed <laughs> with the multitude <laughs> of, 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 of issues that we're dealing with. Everything from a company looking for an, a face to put on potential robots in the future, which is pretty alarming right there, to other issues of whether it's Wall Street's buying up Washington water. I mean, there's so many, like, talk about values. What what it, world are we living in where people are coming forth with all these possibilities and also on a, on a collective issue and on our personal issues? It's, it, it, it's true. It's like I think we're collectively really... In increasingly integrating not only our world but everybody's worlds, and it gets back to values. 
Like, do we want to live in a, a world depending on our resources? That's a very pertinent issue when it comes to Venus and the fact that Uranus, and I know that for those that are not astrologers, just realize that there are these energies, there are these planets, and they do transit signs, and that's what we're discovering is w- what are they really talking about? So we are giving references to to these energies, and right now, Uranus, which is an outer planet that for seven years, six more years, will be transiting. Taurus is about our values, our survival, our resources, the earth. Thank you. That's good, Shannon. Right? <laughs> it is. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and it's also, I mean, Taurus is also the sign, one of the signs that Venus rules. So the Venus-Jupiter conjunction also has a lot to do with, like, the exploitation of resources because Jupiter, like you said, expands everything. I mean, it's another thing that uh, we should be paying attention to, and that's where you see a lot of fracturing and what's happening here on planet Earth because you see people who are intent on exploiting resources to the point where we have a lot of endangered species they're fracking like crazy they're big great weather changes and stuff so yeah i mean yeah, i think i one of these articles says england i think it was england i'm looking for it right now but was uh stopped all their fracking exactly because of that concern right right it's a huge concern and it goes back to the mythology of venus her birth, because Uranus was overdoing the fertility with Earth, and and there was this prophecy that one of his children was going to castrate him, and so he, Gaia would stuff all the children so he wouldn't eat them up. And then finally, Saturn, whom she saved because she fed him a rock, Uranus, which is interesting because that's the mineral world of, of Saturn, and so Saturn lived and, yes, castrated Uranus. Of course, Uranus is the god of the skies, and Gaia is the goddess of the earth, Mother Earth. So really it's that, that whole evolution of life on earth. But time comes along. That's Saturn, Cronus, saying, ah, sorry here, we're going to start measuring time because we're mortals. <laughs> That's what we do. Uh, we take a moment and we divide things up, and it's not just one unified bunch of time. But as a result, there was this birth of Venus from from Uranus um, onto the water. And Neptune, the brother, raised her, which is a higher octave of of Venus. Venus, Yeah, Yeah, of, of unconditional love. And Venus is our sense of what we value and our the uh, sacred geometry, the beauty of life. So we're talking about these energies. Say So Jupiter is expansion, belief systems, law, but higher learning. And then Venus with, with beauty through sacred geometry, which... Everybody from the great arts know and and science has seen that beauty, the flower, lives music, longer. Music, yep. Yes, yeah. music. Love, relationships. Right? Yeah. yeah. The ideal of of the interconnections. And, and so the, the 
one could hope that this galactic center would help infuse a higher realm of what love means through caring truly for another, not just for one's own needs. That would be the ideal, yes, the utopia? Yeah, and with uh, Venus and Jupiter together, our beliefs about what it, what love is or what's appropriate for love, there's some potential there as well. And they have been expanding. I mean, they're getting breaking down barriers as far as... And when you think yeah. about it, that's also Uranus, of course, out there saying, okay, we are now... Uh, breaking the rhythm of what has been established, <laughs> creating right. new ideas. Well, yeah, and it's love on every level. So it's, you know, caring about the earth. It's having respect for, you know, others, space. I mean, everything, space in general, earth and sky with Uranus, right? Water. I mean, important, important resources that we have that are being taken, you know, we're not, we're, we're taking advantage of things, and we should be paying attention in what we're actually, how we're handling things. And yeah. this is a reminder. It's a, I th- I f- it feels like a wake-up call. It is. It's a timely one because we have, it must be on a positive note, time to make differences. Because it is so right. unique to have both these planets within the same degree, because if you look at other conjunctions all through at least the last 600 years, they're not necessarily at the same degree, and they're not necessarily even close, really that close to the galactic center of 27 degrees, and most of them only about four or three, and I can only remember two, so I'm being even liberal with that, have, and I think it was at least three, have the sun in Sagittarius at that time, and the importance is, is that therefore that that central theme of our integration through the 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 will and the persona of the sun energy looks to Jupiter as its influencing planet, and then the influencing planet is related to the love and the truth of nature or the truth of of values. So it's really potent, and it's time that hopefully there is time not to make mistakes as in the past well and that's um that brings up when has this transit happened before venus jupiter conjunct the galactic center that's been some pretty um stark times in the past absolutely and i was looking at the clock well we we will mention them i'll throw out the one was 1936 now the sun was in scorpio but venus and Jupiter were very closely conjunct, as we have talked about. They were like at 26, just a degree. Yeah. Yeah, they were very close. I can't remember if it was 26 or 28, but... No, it was 26, it was. I okay. think. I have it here yeah. on the computer. But that was... That was the um, rise of the Nazis to power. Very potently yeah. so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, during that time. So, and I don't know about you guys, but I don't know that our world today feels... Um, all that safer. <laughs> right? Well, yeah. it's Well, look true. around the world, oh, all over the world. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. everything is changing. And the problem is, it's like, I agree what you said about what Philip said about, like, information being ripe, right? I mean, and we have this, like, you know, these two planets conjuncted the galactic center that are obviously trying to tell us something, and we have a world that's polarized right now. Well, 
there were some differences, which I'll throw out. That there's subtleties here, but a lot was in Sagittarius, the North Node, which we're reaching for, which was um, righteous, can be on the shadow side, righteousness. And really, doesn't it get back to the idea of what are our values? Are the values just for self and self-survival? Because it does correlate. There was this uh, Uranus in, in the, the self-defined, um, preservation-oriented um, Taurus energy. But if people are strictly thinking of their own needs, then there becomes ultimately this selfishness, which has been extended out. So the question is, can people really open hearts to recognize that their dreams and visions, which is so combined with these benefits, as you had mentioned, Amanda, to incorporate the the welfare of of others, not you know, which can ask for some real shifts. Well, yeah. So silver lining. Um, Jupiter and Venus are both, um, they're both benefics. They're the great benefics. And there is, so there is hope with them conjuncting the galactic center. They're getting a new download of information, collective consciousness. And, but it's not quite ready to be implemented in the world. So, you know, it's, yes, the Nazis were in power for some time, but not forever, you know, and maybe that was part of what the conjunction was about, was bringing in this benefic energy that eventually defeated them. And so maybe that's part of what we're going through as well. And we, we're getting a download right now um, on a collective and a personal level. Uh, this applies personally as well. So there's, there's hope. Well, there will be, if when there, I'm just thinking to myself, when there are changes, and of course, one, as you live, experience dramatic changes at times, planned or not planned, and there's choices. There's ultimate choices. And there's choices where to go. And as we know, religions all across time have told us, you know, the seven this, the sins, or no, I hate that word, sins, but seven, um, there, there's positive ways to go. And so, in other words, this energy might be opening the eyes and the, the, the strength to go towards the greater good, which would Absolutely. be great. Yeah. Well, we are at that time where we take a brief announcement. And I will say that we have started a new uh, re- invitation to our audience. If there's a question that you have for today's program on the subjects that we're talking about, and if you're listening to the live show this Saturday, November 23rd, the phone lines are now open. So give us a call. And that number, there's 888. It's a non, you know, toll-free 888. And then the rest is 298-5569. And you can ask your question on the air or otherwise it will be written down for you to be given to the three of us. And we'll talk about And once again, that number is 888 298 5569. This is Sue Rose Minahan, Shannon Hayes, and Amanda Pierce, the ever growing consciousness of the Galactic Center. November 23, repeating on the 28th. We'll be right back. Well, we 
take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. We are currently in the Yang period of Sagittarius, ruled by the largest of all planets, Jupiter, the Roman god, or Zeus by the ancient Greeks. By leaving a cycle based on power and powerlessness of life and death and regeneration involving committed relationships, Sagittarius energy finds meaning for an expanded perspective and potential for actualization in their search for truth. As a mutable fire sign depicted by the centaur, Sagittarius is adventurous and seeks the beyond. Sagittarius travels to far places physically and mentally to find the truths of life. Curious about 2020 and what it promises for you? Open to getting a free copy of the Llewellyn 2020 Sunshine Book? Then the webinar, Points of Initiation, The Power of 2020, offers both. Featuring astrologer and intuitive Leslie Francis and astrologer Samuel Reynolds sharing their insights about how to use the intense energy of 2020 in a positive way, this webinar will be held December 1st at 3 p.m. Eastern and noon Pacific. You can register at unlockastrology.com and clicking on Group Classes. As a bonus, the first 10 registrants get a hard copy of the Llewellyn Sunsign book written by Leslie Francis in the mail. Again, go to unlockastrology.com and click on Group Classes for all the info and the steps to register. Hello, my name is John Talevich. I'm a chiropractic doctor, and you're listening to Talk Cosmos on Alternative Talk 1150 AM, where we understand how to implement our free will through the cosmos. Easy on the ears, good for the soul. Alternative Talk 1150. Hi again, Sue Rose Minahan, Shannon Hayes, and Amanda Pierce, Seattle, Washington, for the Cosmic Collaboration panel on the Galactic Center at 27 degrees Sagittarius, and that's seven minutes, that is this enormous black hole that our Milky Way orbits. And so we've been talking about many issues, and I think we have a new concept just to bring up to date. And if, by the way, you've missed this, go to Podcast One. You can get all the the replays. Yes, Amanda, you were going to bring up. Well, yeah, so we brought up 1936 when the, the last time that Jupiter and Venus were conjunct with the galactic center. And also during that time, um, the month of November was when um, Edward VIII. 1509? No, we're talking 1936. Oh, we'll okay. get we'll get to oh, 1509. Okay, okay. okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> so 1936 um, was when uh, <laughs> Edward VIII, um, who was king of England, wanted to marry Wallace Simpson, an American divorcee. And, you know, he tried to negotiate with Parliament on that, and it, it didn't fly. So this is an example of when you can see the Venus and the Jupiter uh, relationship here, where it's Venus's relationship, Jupiter is the law, and our belief systems. And the energy that was was coming through wasn't um, wasn't acceptable at the time, so he had to abdicate his throne. It's so intriguing. This is absolutely true. And you can see now that the 
the church or the um, royalty, the yes, the um, the English uh, monarchy is they would definitely allow this at this time. I mean, they did with um, with uh, Harry. I mean, he's not the heir to the throne, but, you know, he just married an American divorcee. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yes. Meghan Markle. So the rules are expanding as far as it just yeah. values and acceptance. Yeah. Well, that is inter- it's pertinent, particularly because there were only a few that I had found. And the reason I went back to 1348 was because one of the years it came up was 1665. So I Googled, well, that happened to be the London uh, plague. And the plague, or bubonic plague, and there were various variations, or the Black Death, as it's also referred to as the pestilence, was really over a span of 300 years. And it started in 1348, and it, for three years, three intense years, was its initial beginning, where a third of the Europeans died through this tremendous illness that comes from the fleas of black rats and because of un, a bad hygiene, which, you know, back at that time there, there certainly was, and they were transported across the water, part of the merchants. But the point being that it continued every 20 years or so. There'd be outbreaks, and it wasn't until 65 that it really started to end, and that's with the London plague. And so I was wondering... So I, I Googled since that time. Actually, it ended in 66 when there was a big fire. At least there's some thought that the fire had something to do with it because it killed all the bugs. But it had already been waning. But the point was is that there's very few conjunctions, really. It's, this is quite extraordinary. So there was one in 1509. There was another in 1592, 1651, 1675. And then there's a big gap. For 300 years until 1936 that we brought up, but that's not when the sun was in uh, Sagittarius. It was in Scorpio, but there's so many other alliances. And then now, today, and tomorrow, and then another 50 years from now, which will be November 30th or December 3rd of December, no, I said December, 2078. So, with this long list, we're going to go back to 1509 because there's another marital relationship yeah this so this is really interesting um 1509 is when henry the eighth king of england broke with the roman catholic church and had parliament declare him supreme head of the church of england which started the english reformation an enormous shift of our cultural changes because he had married catherine of Aragon. Yes. Aragon. Spain. And then he wanted, of course, another Catholic. Yes. Yeah, he, he wanted to annul his marriage. And so this was his way around that. Yeah, he wanted a son. And sometimes I wonder, really, I wish I could get the DNA. Did he have negative blood and, and he wasn't able to birth a second child? You wonder if it was just genetics or something. But at any rate, he did a lot of changes because he couldn't have a son. Yeah, he did ha- he did finally get his son. Um but he this, died. Yes, and this is this is a great representation of the Venus Jupiter conjunction where Venus is all about relationships and Jupiter is about what are the rules and what's the law say. 
And here he's changing the law. And religion. I, and religion. Yes. You're he right. became yep. God. Yeah. As far as his church. <laughs> he, he basically ushered in the theory of the divine right of kings. So that's um, ushering in a new law, basically. And this is really a distorted energy of the Venus-Jupiter. It's, um, it's pretty low vibration, the, the way that he's kind of manipulated this. But this it also system. took away a lot of the power from, like, the church, which was the ultimate, um, the, like, the ultimate, like, you would say, like, king. The church yeah, had yes. its own military. The church pretty much had control of everything, and... Henry wanted Anne Boleyn so bad that he totally turned around and rebuked what the church had done and pulled in the pro- Protestantism. And there, there's more of that like kind of Jupiter thing going on, right? But then you have the Venusian part of the love affair being the initial cause of this huge reformation. Yes, the Episcopalian Church of England. It was Lutheran. No, he wasn't Lutheran. That came along. Uh, Martin Luther. Oh, he was, uh, yeah, he yeah, was, was yeah, separate. yeah, yeah. Martin Luther was separate. Right, yes, right. but yeah. it was all during this time, and really you begin to realize the climate was conducive right. of one thing yeah, it with was the Protestantism, next. Sorry, yeah. Yeah. And possibly, too, because of these, the plague going on and on, people were obviously pretty uh, yes. stressed. And so right? even though there was this... Um, Henry VIII kind of used his distorted energy to shift this, there was a, a good outcome in the end because it took the power away from the church. Exactly. And it, and it allowed um, new ways of thinking and new philosophies to come forward about religion. And it yeah, ultimately, I suppose, in many ways, instigated here in the United States with the immig- people who immigrated from England and Europe to ha- separate church from state, although there's, I think, other ideologies that perhaps um, affected that. That's just a side comment. Well, you know, there's the, the positive and the negative of everything, and the shadow side, as we call the negative thing, and that's where perhaps the hope returns, not to go away from these these illustrations, but the hope returns that for this one that's so powerful to be within a degree really of the galactic center totally connected or conjunct as we call it in astrology at 28 degrees Sagittarius 11 minutes which is actually just a degree away and the sun in Sagittarius which I think really threads that unity of consciousness because it's looking to Jupiter that perhaps we can that those people that are receptive can embody that we are soul and we are spirit and we are one, this oneness of the ancients, this oneness of the souls, so that we can eliminate. Well, yeah, these. yeah, no, and it, I mean, it's also about things being more natural too, you know, going back to like, like going back to, Things being a little bit more simple, more natural. Jupiter and Sag- Sagittarius also has to do with natural laws. So it's, uh, it, and it's conjunct, you know, Jupiter is conjunct Venus. Venus is in um, uh, Taurus. <laughs> Uranus is in Taurus. That's right. It has a lot to do with, like, the planet, with, you know, what, 
natural resources, with the earth, as well as, you know, being one just on a human level, right? It does resonate. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. It's uh, the whole thing kind of resonates, you know. Yeah, getting back to, like, getting back to things being... Yeah, more, I guess more like like simplified, more natural, like I values mean, in life, life forces, life right. that's around us, rather than what's. Yes, we're brilliant. In we're brilliant, and I say that because it's been extraordinary the the developments, and actually all throughout time, when you think of what people had to work with, the intelligence to that has been, and one could say it's all downloaded through spirit, you know. Right. Yeah. And with um, with Uranus in Taurus, Taurus is a very simple sign. And Uranus is looking to shake things up. So how can we really simplify our lives? Our lives are complicated these days. It's it's unbelievable how complicated they are. I spent two right. hours to four hours with Apple. I know. <laughs> right. No. It's well, like, my goodness, who's Just in trying control? to fix your phone. Right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. A simple password. It's just managing things, you know. Yeah. It's just that things, well, it th- and it, it feels like things are moving faster, which they are. I mean, you know, Uranus is in Taurus, which has a lot to do with resources, but also um, art beauty, technology, all that stuff. And and humanity has the rate that these new inventions and new insights are happening are a lot faster, have gotten faster and faster over the years. So you have that going on too. So how do you manage all of the stuff coming at you that's being downloaded and still keeping like some sanity or peace of mind, yeah. you know? Yeah, and with Uranus, so Uranus is in Taurus, and it's um, going to be transiting, I think, uh, 12 to 14 years, something like that. That's a yeah. long transit, yeah. It, it is. It's, so it's going to be with us for a while, and it, no, we're oh, really... Uranus is seven years. Is it really seven? Yeah, seven. Years. It's, Gosh, I always it's think Neptune. It's longer. That's okay. 13 oh, to 14. Is, yeah. Wow. I know it, it is, but it's long enough. And <laughs> it's, it's pretty yeah, intense. It's long enough. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we're really just at the start. I mean, Uranus is about two degrees, no, three degrees. Well, it's been retrograding. Right yeah, mm-hmm. it went from five, right. it's down to three. Mm-hmm. It's going to be at two. Right. Yeah. But we're, I mean, so this is the very beginning of this transit. And mm-hmm. right at the beginning, we're getting this Venus Jupiter conjunction to the galactic center. Yep. So Venus rules that Uranus transit because Venus rules Taurus. Taurus. So. And- this is kind of, they're going to be working together in conjunction. The, the Uranus transit is going to be pulling from whatever the collective download is that Venus is getting from the galactic center. And so this could, this could be a really revolutionary, revolutionary transit, like I think more so, so than, mm-hmm. than other signs that Uranus has transited through. And subtle, but it wants, because Uranus wants authenticity too. You know, yeah. that's why it goes through these shocks. It wants to show us that brilliance of the true, well, there's a trueness and always, but the, the re, what's real, right yeah. back to the authenticity. Yeah, and you know, that, that correlates a lot with Jupiter and Sagittarius as well. It's, it it right. wants the truth. It wants authenticity. And Venus is right there with Jupiter on the galactic center. And it's in Sagittarius, which is the sign of truth and freedom. So 
this is all kind of going to be working together. You know, astrology is going forward in different ways. And I'm thinking because I think of uh, sacred geometry and I know vibrational astrology, which is David Cochran, who's another wonderful genius astrologer that for any of you interested there. And he has what he calls a vibrational astrology conference and it'll be a second year. It's in April of this next year, I think April or March, at the end of March, I think. And it's over on the East Coast. It's, it's very reasonable, and it's, it'll be quite extraordinary. And I might be getting mixed up with there's a research astrology conference, too, because astrology is trying to, rather than cherry-pick what they call examples, they're trying to do a wide collection of, of data and then see what the results are and with your question and then find out information. So meaning that because astrology and Uranus are tied together, you know, I mean, it rules or you know, influences. It's the stars, yeah. right? It's the heavens. I mean, it's the energies. And so there's more authenticity there to its value. You know what I was thinking about, uh, Shannon, when you were mentioning wherever, it w- something about, um, yes, the electronics of life. And I saw this little blurb that I wrote from one of these articles, but that Elon Musk, who has, you know, um, Tesla, I believe, Mm -hmm. and he's a brilliant person that's going with space, and he has 60, no, he has um, 12,000 satellites, if if I jotted this down correctly, in the air now. And he wants to ask FCC if he can have 30,000 more. And in this article, the astronomers were saying, if all these tech companies start following suit, astronomy oh, is right. going to be... There's going to be no dark sky. Yeah, right? it's yeah. going to be toxic. Right, I polluted, read that. Yeah. Right? Pollution. Right? Yeah. That was, I think that Earth and Sky did an article about that. And that's another excellent reference. Yeah. And so we are looking at where are we going? And it's so true. Our consciousness is getting riveted towards the sky and the earth. And how are we living? I mean, and when we think of Venus, if we think of sacred geometry, that's what got me into David Cochran because he's so big on this wonderful astrology that, that using sacred geometry and Fibonacci. The Fibonacci. Fibonacci, yeah. yeah, numbers. Very mystical things, but yeah. really that could be insightful information that Venus is sharing through her measurement of beauty. Right. Well, and um, what you're, what we're saying about, like, you know, technology and, like, obscuring the dark skies, I mean, that also plays into the whole shadow side of all this information because everything is blocking everything. It's like you pay to have a view, you pay to live on the water, you pay to be able to see the mountains, and now they want to block the sky no. even more so that you have to probably would have to go pay to see <laughs> the sky at night. Oh, right. my God. You'd, you have to, you'd have to pay to um, be transported past right. all of those satellites. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's like, is that really what we want as a human population? You know, I mean, I think that's where that. The Jupiter Neptune, the Jupiter um, Venus Venus 
conjunction, I think that's part of what it's saying too. You know, it's like, right. What do we value? What do we value? I mean, in a time where all the protections on our air and water and land have been totally overturned and eroded, shifting. Well, not even just eroded, but I mean, they've been rolled back. That's true. You know, it's like we have someone in power who like has no respect for our resources, and and he's not the only one. It's a global thing that's happening yeah. right now so yeah there's a there's a potential for a radical shift in our values right. absolutely yeah. and it can go either way so i mean yeah there's a lot we that it i think it's go a back and critical. forth with uranus and taurus right yeah, yeah ping pong yeah right until well, we really settle on it right yeah or a yeah. natural disaster i mean right natural yeah. venice disaster, was right? greatly Oh my God! Venice flooded. was flooded, and it Massive. really so yeah. when these choices in Australia and all the fires. Well, there's many, and all of these Earth shifts could are going to impact what right. we um what we value and how those values are going to shift. Right. So it is a matter of really thinking about the we, uh, the collective. Like, for instance, here's yeah, another absolutely. article: the chocolate industry's dark secret. So another was a tropical rainforest, and they're not. So green, of course, the rainforest is a whole, and, and the Ivory Coast has lost 80% of its forest over the past 50 years. So it's like, and of course, chocolate is huge, right? Well, yeah, cho- yeah, and it's food, you know? I mean, what more Venus thing, right? I mean, it's just like what they're doing in the rainforest and the Amazon is they're clearing it all out so that the farmers can bring their cows in so that they can graze yeah i mean it's you know and and what's happening again is we're getting more parasites in the food all these foods recently that have been recalled from like trader joe's and stuff so it really you think about it like it's it's they're difficult choices in some ways until you really get down to like the the greater good because if if there's cows there yes it's understandable that farmers are needing some income, and there is a market, but then it gets into the idea of the greater global consciousness realizing, again, what supports the cow? Perhaps tofu, well, I don't know about tofu, but beans, you know, somehow shifting our nutritional interest into ways that support and sustain, you know, these, which seem tedious to the ones that think, oh, they have to give something up, but for what? You're giving up a threat of not of not having sur- been surviving. Yeah. If we don't. Yeah. Hey, here's something good. Orangutan granted personhood. Now, I haven't totally read this. This is in Florida. But a judge um, settled this orangutan into new surroundings. Too bad they don't do it for all animals. Yeah. They should. Well, that's it. Maybe it's a beginning. Let's go back to chocolate a little bit. Oh, chocolate. Yeah, chocolate. 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 I mean, is there anything more Venusian than chocolate? Nope. I mean, it's... <laughs> Not really. Sex. We love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Venus would agree with right? that. Right? We have that's Venus right. rules desires, too, right? Yeah. And, yeah. Well, and... And Taurus, thank you. Yeah, yeah and... Right? You know, chocolate is generally considered the most desirable um, candy out there or sweet out there. And another thing, another dark secret about the chocolate industry is that most of 
most of the chocolate is harvested by children. Oh, see, like, that's it. And these are the these are the major brands that we buy, and it's it's hard to look at, and and um, and we don't want to look at it. And uh, but this is a, this is going to be another potentially another thing that comes up. Venus, Jupiter, like what are what what are we valuing? Are we, are we putting money above everything else? And it, because we want cheap chocolates, are we going to allow continue to allow this practice? Right. So, yeah, it's very serious. It, yeah, it really does speak directly on our indulgence for personal purpose and satisfaction yeah yeah which is the shadow side if it's harming which it is yeah since we're almost out of time i just wanted to touch on one other thing is if you have planets touching the galactic center the galactic center will show up in your chart so if you have planets especially around 26 27 28 at a mutable sign you have a of a constant connection to the galactic center which is all of us <laughs> yeah we all have our um our venuses in gemini, uh, in gemini, oh, in gemini. opposing the galactic center so on the man's side of course we're we're interested in astrology and higher consciousness it's right. just yeah so it's um it's also philip sedgwick talks about needing to kind of defrag and um and reset there's a lot of talk about the system as like a, our bodies is like a computer system with in regards to the galactic center and needing to kind of reset it often. So, well, that's beautiful, Amanda. Thank you. Which reminds me, we have only a few minutes and I want to mention that next week on the 30th of November, Leslie Francis from Canada and the author of Sun Signs book put out by Lou Ellen will be speaking with me and we're going to talk about Jupiter that will be entering Capricorn. Thank you. Yes, it'll be a huge change. It transits a sign for 12 months, actually about 13. And so that will be a wonderful opportunity. And tonight we have been speaking with our panel. This is Cosmic Collaboration Panel and it's with Amanda Pierce of Seattle and Shannon Hayes of Seattle. And you can find out about both of them at TalkCosmos.com. Please do visit it. Everything is there. Our schedule, the past links, which you can also find on Podcast One or go to 1150 KKNW, where we, which hosts our show, and or get a subscription. We'd love to connect, and we're going to have more opportunities And so this is on a weekly event, and it does repeat on a Thursday morning. And so tonight has been the galactic center of ever-growing consciousness. And as we have said, I guess in a few sentences, quick here, we have about half a minute. Oh, well, thank you, Sue. (laughs) I had a great time. Thank you, Sue. Thank you, Amanda. It's always a pleasure. Yes, Yes, it is. (laughs) And on to positive connection of oneness and great visions for all of you.
Thank you for listening to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and guests unveil astrology's ancient archetypes that continually build the collective experiences in our unconsciousness. Be sure to tune in next Saturday at 6 p.m. to continue finding your roots in the stars.